0: So I'm here to talk a little less about how we each work as individuals and a little more about what it means for the cities and the places that we work in. Um, I've worked both as an urban designer and in designing workplaces for small local companies and national companies from uh, urban offices to suburban campuses. So um, let's see how this does. Can we get next slide? Great, thanks. So first just to think about how all of these things have evolved, how we work in itself has evolved. Um, So if we think traditionally, I'm not sure if this was ever really true, but this is the traditional conception of how we worked on the left, which is we had our focused individual work time, and then maybe we had some meetings, maybe there was some socializing huddles, just kind of informal meetings, but essentially that there was a a priority on the private office and there was a priority on the individual work. and then today, I don't know how you feel about how you work, but this is kind of how my life feels, um, which is that there's a lot of switching that goes on, so you're switching between trying to focus and you're having meetings, having um, just kind of interruptions that you're talking with people, and the thing is that all of this is work. I think we have an idea that just when you're sitting down at your desk that's work, but actually more and more we're productive through all of these connections that we're making. So with the rise of you know, knowledge work and the rise of technology, we get to this place of a lot more switching um, and also a different kind of thinking around where we work. So I think there's a realization that that focus aspect maybe could happen anywhere. You could be working remotely, but then the rest of it is where you have to find ways to connect with people. And some of that connection is happening either in, per- in place, face to face, or is happening more and more with um, different tools online. So in terms of where our workplaces have been located over time, um, historically, or post-industrial revolution, more and more we saw offices located in the downtown. That was the kind of city center, and it was more of a financial district center, or a central business district is what people have called it. Um, But over time, in particular in the 1950s, the rise of car culture, um, and led by a lot of, R&D companies locating more where they wanted the whole, kind of like all of their people together in their own campus, more and more companies moved out of the city. And that also goes with the kind of suburbanization that happens um, around the country. So this is just snapshots of San Francisco and South Bay. And you can see that distribution. So blue just means that it's past a half mile from um, transit so how walkable is it how how accessible is it by public transit but just the fact of that intense spread that happens is no longer concentrated in cities and we all know that um, and the offices more and more get to a point of um, providing everything that the worker needs in-house um, so this is another way of looking at the, that that In the past, we had this kind of central business district. This is San Francisco, and this is where the the focus of business was, historically, along Market Street, anchored by the ferry station, the ferry building, and by the trolley cars on Market Street. But more and more, the evolution we're seeing is that there's an interest, not just in working, but in lifestyle. So this is just a kind of um, extrapolation of the uses. So if we think of Blue as more of the, the business district, Then we start to get residential, culture, arts, retail, public institutions and office all mixed together. So south of market, that's where we see more and more companies have located in, within San Francisco and they've been moving back in. And a couple of different things have drawn driven that. Um, in part, it's an interest in being in a more creative environment and a more mix of uses. So it's not just that, you know, you funnel into your office building and you funnel out and then the place is dead at night. It's actually a, more of a 24-7 cycle and an interest in the, the culture of a place. And, you know, more. More often than not, a company's location is driven by where the founder lives. I'm, however, many of you are founders. How many of your companies? Like that's where, that's how you decided where they're located. And more and more people were started moving back into the city for an interest in that culture. And so, with that, you see businesses and I, you know, speaking with people where they're, you know, they're founded their businesses and located in the mission. It's also an interest in where the artists live, where the rents are cheaper. Um, that's where the culture is and that's where a lot of companies started, but now the kind of price, the pricing of that is changing. Um, at the same time as that interest in culture that's brought people back into the city, we've seen a couple of trends in uh, workplace and in company company workplace design. There's the big headquarters trend, right, so this is Facebook, this is their new-ish campus in Menlo Park. They took over Sun Microsystems campus and redid it, whereas it was a series of buildings with just a kind of um, generic park-like spake in the s- space in the center. They turned that center space where you see Hack into a Main Street of sorts. So essentially Facebook created their own mini-city. They brought in, they have their own cafeteria but they also created the hot dog stand and the barbecue joint and the you know the bike kitchen and so that it felt like a Main Street and it felt like a city all onto itself and so that's that interest in culture but created all in-house and this is an example this is um, one of those buildings at Facebook this on the left is what it was when it was Sun Microsystems where the priority was all on offices Um, and ownership and status through having your office. And on the right is the redesign for Facebook where the enclosed spaces were, none of them were owned by an individual. They're all shared spaces. And then the teams are in groups out in the open. So that's where there's this shift to collaboration and knowledge transfer, even if it's gonna undermine some level of efficiency, is still of higher value. And so that's going towards experience and diversity and community in the workplace. So the two major trends we've seen happen is this, or three really, re-urbanization, the the community in the the suburban campus, and then the third is the mobility mandate. So while some companies have drawn their people all together to help collaborate and generate ideas together, other companies, and in in this case, the federal government, have mandated that we go more towards remote work. And this version of mobility really is driven less by culture and more by real estate savings. And so if you can have people only come in three days a week, as it says on the left, you'll actually have a space savings because you don't need, you can then share that desk across however many people. So you're leveraging a lot less real estate to serve the same population. And that's something the federal government has mandated across many of its offices to save on real estate. But unfortunately, in a lot of those cases, we haven't paired that with the same Um, attention to culture. Similarly we saw that at HP so before you know sort of you know it takes the same trend as Yahoo a little bit but HP went through an incredible initiative multi-year initiative to go towards open workplace and remote work and release a lot of their real estate. More recently in a kind of um, refreshing of the company I guess they've now brought everyone back and I think there's a kind of interest in innovation seeing innovation as needing face-to-face which may or may not be true. But I think that what we see um, in the terms of these differences, in some ways sustaining companies are going for cost-cutting where, um, let's call it innovative companies, are going for culture and collaboration. But at the same time, what all of them are doing is valuing in certain ways experience over space, choice of location or of the way that you spend your day, and variety. So what I think is interesting from this conference and what we're seeing now is a third way, which is that that remote work and mobility is actually coming out of an interest in both culture and collaboration and finding new tools to do that and to find the right talent to make the team. But at the same time, a lot of people still feel that working alone sucks. Um, That's from a co-work space. And so I wanted to give one example or two examples, which one is WeWork which is actually one of the sponsors, coincidentally, um, and I don't work for them, but my office is in one of their buildings. They've been opening um, buildings around the country, and what they do in their buildings is it's, let's see if we can go to the next slide, they rent offices. So it's co-workers, it's a month-to-month lease, it's one to 15 person sizes. But what's interesting is they're creating opportunities to connect across organizations, particularly freelance to your to a larger organization they're designing spaces that feel more domestic they feel more like home they have more of that like lifestyle and culture quality Um, large kitchens are true in a lot of their spaces Um, and it's leveraging space in a different way and so this is another example which is liquid space it's a mobile booking app essentially like open space but for office and the idea is that actually office space isn't utilized very well and if we um, if we have extra space we can rent it out to other people or if you just need an office for an hour you can look on there and maybe it's a co-working space maybe it's a hotel lobby maybe it's someone else's office that has an extra conference room so suddenly we get into a little bit of the sharing economy and an idea that we can utilize space differently um, and connect across that well when we think about the city I'll just leave you with two thoughts about it. One is that we plan our transportation, we plan our land use, we plan all of these things for hubs of people. And if we distribute in this way, that changes this quite a bit. Um, And so that's one thing to start thinking about, is what does that mean? And there are debates around whether we're cutting carbon by not traveling to work or we're actually increasing carbon because we're doing a lot of small trips. But either way, we're changing our, our traffic patterns and we're changing what we actually are gonna demand for our transit system. Another thing that's happening is we're realizing that our buildings aren't necessarily built for what we want. So this is an example on Van Ness um, of a AAA office building that's being renovated to become housing. And this is something I think we're going to see more of in the downtown where office buildings are going to be adapted back into other uses, into to housing or other uses because we don't necessarily need as much space um, and we don't really like it to be concentrated and separate, separated nearly as much. So I will leave you with that as just some, some food for thought that you are, um, you may be working individually, but you're part of not only your work community, but also the community of our cities. And um, to be thinking about what that, what that means and what you want that to look like. Thank you.